Hello. Alright. I have a surprise for y'all tonight. We're not going on a field trip. I know, no field trips tonight. All right. Now, um, I have had the pleasure in, in getting to know Ros Leopold, and she has an awesome testimony that she wants to share with you tonight. So I just want to introduce to you, this is Roz. Roz is going to come for so, so she's been on our, our, our CYM team for, I don't know, a little, maybe six weeks. Six weeks? So she's really incredible. She has a heart to reach the next generation, to impact the next generation. And you never told me that, but your actions show it. So, um, oh, thank you. No. But this is Reed's mama, so don't hold it against um, her. Me, me, me. <laughs> and I think she thinks the girls are going to win Change they Wars. Are. But I really believe that, I don't know, maybe the boys are going to win Change no. Wars. But, but the past few weeks we've been talking about how... Oh, baby. <laughs> oh, baby. Okay, thanks. I, I filled the up. All right, but the past few weeks, we've been talking about change the world. And Roz is going to truly share a story or a testimony that has changed her world. So, there you go. Thank you. I'm hot. The only, thing, the only question I have is either I have big ears or you have little ears, because, or else you have big ears and I have little ears, because it's... <laughs> Excuse me. Read, read, read. Be nice. Be nice. This is too high. Okay. Oh, he's a. I'm short. Okay. Um, I titled this my journey um, because we all have our walk or our journey in life. Everybody's going to have a journey that they're walking on here, and this is mine. So I want to tell you a little bit about myself first. Um, I'm the oldest of three girls, so girls rule. No brothers, just girls. Um, my dad farmed, and my mom, she uh, was a stay-at-home mom. So I was, the, I was a farm girl, so I did all the, the field work. I did good, too. Yep. Um, one thing I have to say is my parents did um, take me to church, they didn't go to church, but they took me to church. They dropped me off every uh, Sunday to Sunday school, and um, I was in the Christmas programs, as confirmed. Went to Lutheran Church, did all that, and my parents took me to church on Christmas and Easter. They'd come along and go to church at that time. So at least the seeds were planted, okay? I knew who God was. So as I grew... And I was a teenager at one time. I know that might be hard to believe, but I was a teenager at one time. Um, I walked a little bit on the wild side. I did some things that I shouldn't have done to make me happy because I thought those things would make me happy. And like so many kids nowadays and years ago, we tried to fill this emptiness that was inside us, and that's what I tried to do. And uh, it just it didn't work. 
I was always searching for something, something to make me happy. I thought, I'll get married. That'll make me happy. So I got married, and after two years of being married, um, my husband was diagnosed with cancer. Um, for the next two years, we spent each month down at Mayo, Mayo Clinic going in and out, seeing doctors. During that time period, he became a Christian. And uh, I'd just say, well, I'm a good person. I know who Jesus is. You know, I'm going to go to heaven too. And he would talk to me about it. And you remember now, I grew up, I knew who Jesus was. Okay. Well, he died. And he left me still searching for something to fill the emptiness in my heart. Well, I married Bill, Mr. Leopold, as everybody knows, I'm still married to you now, not too long after that. And I thought he was the one. He was going to fill this hole in my heart. Well, give you a little background. Bill became a Christian when he was 11 years old, and he talked to me about it, being saved, and I just kind of, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, he was planting the seeds, and that's important. Well, anyway, I had a beautiful home. I had all the money I could want. I had a wonderful family. I had great kids. I had Reese. I had great kids. I had the perfect life on the outside, but on the inside, I was searching for something more. I still was not a happy person. Well, on January 5th, 1998, our seven-year-old little girl, Carly, started running a temperature. I took her to the emergency room. It was on a uh, Sunday, and they said she had a virus, and I took her to the doctor on Monday. He gave her some antibiotics and said, bring her back if her temp's not down by Thursday. So anyway, on Wednesday, I had put her down for a nap, and uh, I went up to get her before supper, and she was unresponsive. And I uh, called my husband. He was on his way home from work, and we rushed her to the emergency room. Well, it was about probably about midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning. They had put her in ICU, and I was sitting there, and all of a sudden, started having seizures again uncontrollably and they called the Peoria Hospital St. Francis and they called Life Flight down to get her because they didn't know what was wrong with her and uh, so the Life Flight came but while I was sitting in the waiting room waiting Life Flight was in with her and I was sitting there and this Bible was sitting on the table so I picked it up because I was scared and I was desperate and I needed this God who I'd been ignoring all my life. I needed him to take care of my little girl. And I needed him to take care of me and my family. Well, I asked the hospital staff, and they said, just take it with you, because I was going to follow the, uh, the helicopter down to Peoria. I was never more afraid in my life. I spent a day and night by her bedside talking to God, who I'd heard about, all those years when I was a little girl. Well, my brother-in-law came down. His name is Zane. He, was, he lived in Florida. And J Zane was a Christian. And Zane flew down to St. Francis to pray over Carly. And I remember him asking me. He said, are you saved? He said, I, I know who Jesus is. He said, Rod, Satan knew who Jesus was. Do you have a relationship with him? 
said, no, I don't have a relationship with him. So he led me to the Lord, standing outside of the ICU waiting room at St. Francis Hospital in Peoria. And this happened just a few days after we arrived down there with Carly. Well, from that day on, this Bible truly was my sword. You know, they call it the sword of the Lord. This was my sword. I carried it with me everywhere I went, even to the bathroom. It went with me. At night, I slept in a chair. The Bible slept here on my chest. It never left my side. One of the verses, one of my favorite verses why I was down there, and it still is, is Matthew 11:28, and it says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, because I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your soul. And God's word did that for me while I was down there. I, I did rest. I'd read Psalm 91. That was another one of my favorite things to do was read Psalm 91. I'd read it to Carly when she would take a turn for the worse. And during this whole time, Carly never woke up. She was in a coma. And this went on for 30 days. I know that God was preparing me for the biggest trial of my life. I think that's why that whole 30 days happened, because it got me into the Word and made me lean on the Lord. Well, on Valentine's Day, 1998, God took my precious Carly home to be with him. I remember that it was a cold, sun, sunny morning, and I would look out her window, and I could see the steeples of a church across town. And I remember asking myself, how am I going to walk through this? How am I going to do this? And I remember asking God, how could you do this to me? You know, why? Why did this happen? As Bill and I walked down the hallway going home, it seemed like a long, long walk. I remember him saying to me, okay, now, you got two choices. You can get better with God, or you can get bitter without him. Also on the way out, I had met, I had met another lady there. Her name was Barb, and she had a daughter that had been ill for many years, and we prayed together a lot while we were there. And I remember running into her in the hall, and she could tell what happened by the look of my face. And she hugged me, and I said to her, I said, Barb, God didn't answer my prayers. He didn't. She said, yes, he did. She said, didn't you pray for Carly to be perfect and healed? And I said, yeah. He said, well, isn't she perfect and healed now? She is. She's in heaven. She's perfect. Well, I felt a huge hole in my heart, pain like I'd never felt before. And I had a choice at that time to fill that hole. I could fill it with drugs. Had plenty of offers from friends to give me something to kill the pain. I could have filled it with alcohol. But I chose to believe that God had helped me through it. The night I got home from the hospital, I received my first gift from God. I was sitting on the couch with my Bible, and I asked God to show me scripture that I might understand why. 
And I remember Bill sitting on the one end and I was sitting on the other. And I just flipped my Bible open. And I went right to Isaiah 57, 1 and 2. It said, the righteous pass away, the God, the righteous pass away, the godly often die before their time. No one seems to understand that God is protecting them from evil to come. For the godly who die will rest in peace. And I believe that God was telling me that he was protecting Carly from something terrible in the future. Because I know she's in heaven now. Maybe she would have lived and not been saved and never have gotten to heaven. Well, I would walk in the morning and I would talk to God. Sometimes I'd yell at him and ask him why. But I figured he knew what I was feeling anyway. God knows everything that we feel. Well, one morning when I was walking and crying, I received my second gift. God spoke to my heart and said, I know how you feel. I know how you feel, Ross. I gave my son for you. That took my breath away. God willingly gave his son for me and for you. Willingly. How much must God love us that he would give his son to die on the cross for you and for me? What a precious gift. As a mom who just lost her child, I couldn't believe that God could love me that much because I wouldn't have ever willingly gave my child. So God did know how I felt, and I knew he'd take care of me. A few months passed, and I was reading the paper, and I noticed that there was a little six-year-old girl who passed away, and her name was Michelle Greenwood. My heart just broke for her mom and dad because I could just feel what they were feeling at that time. For the next two weeks, I couldn't sleep. That's all I kept. I'd wake up, and I would think about this little girl. When I would walk, I was thinking about her. And God kept putting in my mind through the Holy Spirit, he was putting in my heart, write her mother, write her mom. Tell her about me, tell her about Carly, and tell her about your journey. Well, I had no peace because I thought, I'm not writing this lady. So for two weeks, it kept going on and on. Finally, I said, okay, I'm gonna, I'll do it, I'll do it. So I sat down and I wrote a letter to her mom. Her mom's name was Robin and her dad's name was Todd. Mailed it off, slept like a baby. Two weeks later, I was sitting on the deck with my daughter Janelle and Bill, and the phone rang. I went and answered the phone, and on the other end was a woman. She sounded distraught. She said, is this Roz? I said, yes. She's like, well, this is Robin. I said, oh, no, I'm really sorry if I upset you, because she was just crying. And she said, no, you don't understand. I've been trying to call you for a week, but I didn't want to leave this on your answering machine. She said, two weeks, two days, sorry, before Michelle died, she was drifting in and out of consciousness. This is her little girl. And she said, <laughs> she kept saying to us, Mom, Dad, I'm going to go play with my friend Carly, my new friend Carly. And we don't know any Carlys. 
we know who Carly is now because we got the letter with you telling us about Carly. We don't know any Carly. So we know that Michelle is in heaven with Carly. So the Holy Spirit had me write that letter, not only for myself, knowing now that Carly's in heaven, but also for Robin and Todd, knowing that Michelle is in heaven. So that was my third gift. I had confirmation that Carly was in heaven. The days and years have gone by now, and of course I still miss my little girl, but God has filled my heart. I believe there's always going to be some cracks in my heart where God lets his sun shine through. But my years of searching for something ended the day that I gave my life to Jesus Christ in the emergency or in the waiting room at St. Francis Hospital. Now he's my best friend. He's the love of my life. And I know that only Christ got me through this journey. And he'll continue to do that until I meet him again and then until I get to see my Carly again. Some of the other blessings. I grew up with parents who didn't know the Lord, who were not saved. Both of my parents are saved. My wonderful son, Rita, saved. My daughter, Ashley, saved. My sisters are saved. I have family that have, has come to know the Lord through this journey that we've all been on. One thing I want you guys to remember is God is always waiting for you to come to him. He never leaves you. You know, all those years as a, as a child and as a teen, God was just standing there. He was waiting for me to come to him. He never left me. I just never went to him. So he's always there waiting for you to come to him. He'll never leave you. And he loves you more than you could ever imagine. More than a mother's love or a father's love. He loves you more than that. What I'd like to do now is just for everybody to bow their head, if we could. I'm going to have Reed come up and Lizzie. You want to come up? And Ellie and Nathan. Okay, I just want you guys to be thinking. If any of you are thinking tonight, you know, I'm searching. I am, I'm searching. I haven't found anything to fill the emptiness in my heart. I know who Jesus is, but I don't have a relationship with him. I know who he is, but I don't have a relationship with him. And I want him to be my best friend. I want the assurance that if I were to die tonight that I would go to heaven and be with Jesus. Romans 10.9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So I want you to think about that. I want you to think if that's you. Or if I've been talking, you're thinking, you've been thinking, mm, I know I'm saved, but you know, I've been living the kind of life that I shouldn't be living. I've caved into peer pressure. 
and I really want to commit my life back to Jesus. I'm not happy. I need forgiveness. If, any of, if, if you're thinking any of those things, what I want you to do is I want you to come forward. I want you to step out in boldness and come to the altar and, and pray with either myself or one of the leadership team here. So we're just going to dim the lights and let the music play.
You can turn the lights up. <laughs> I'm just going to dismiss us. Uh, service is over. Let's give a round of applause for Roz for testimony. Uh, we got theater tonight. Andy Griffith, stick around. There's going to be popcorn and soda and candy to buy. Uh, mingle amongst yourselves, and you guys can go at 815. Let's have a good night. Change.